That's why I'm saying, Nike, sign me. <laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. Planet Fast Podcast, episode three. Founder of Enemy Studios. Yeah. Creator of Enemy Studios. Yeah. Uh, CEO of Enemy Studios. <laughs> um, designer of Enemy yeah, Studios. That's me. That's me. All of all of all of it, basically. One man. Um, introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, my name is uh, Pumlani J Chabang. Originally from Zimbabwe, moved to England in August 2016. August 2016? August 2016. Oh, so you've not been long? Nah, nah, nah. Just been here for Welcome. a Welcome. <laughs> wow, mm. I, didn't, I didn't know um, that you came in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was, are you finding it? Uh, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a ride. It's been a roller coaster, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. You can tell that I've been here a long time uh, compared to yourself mm. because, look, I'm wearing a thin layer <laughs> and you're like wrapped up because <laughs> yeah. of the cold. <laughs> this is the whole uh, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this still. Not used to the cold. So you're originally from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. How's Zimbabwe? Uh, Zimbabwe, it, for one, it's home. Yeah? I mean, I can say that for me, it, it's home. It's it's obviously got certain things that it lacks or whatever, but right. for me, it'll always be home. You know what I mean? And then England just became my second home because I came here like during like the last year of my teenagers or 17 when I came here. So like that was kind of the point where like my life started. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of lived most of my life in Zimbabwe. Then I came here and really started to live my actual life. Ah. So it's that duality to me. How old are you now? I'm 21. 21 yeah. yeah so talk to me a bit about firstly the reason why you moved here what made uh, you move to uk well it wasn't my choice let me okay say so oh so you moved with family <laughs> no i moved i came here by myself i traveled by myself but uh my dad was the person that brought me here okay so uh, your father's already yeah, my, 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 my dad lives here so my dad brought me over okay and it was just like one day i just woke up and got told yo wake up pack your bags i'm like what same thing like me yeah. mine just happened a long time ago <laughs> when i was like 10 years old and then yeah and then boom i packed my bags next thing you know i'm going to the airport I landed really here, landed in did you not challenge him like i don't want to move to zimbabwe um, from, from zimbabwe mm, to be honest the plan was to always leave zimbabwe really yeah and i don't mean that in a negative way but i feel like zimbabwe as much as it is home didn't really have much to offer me as much as you know what i'm able to do here in the UK in that regard so as yeah. much as it was home but over time I realized you know with the stuff that I wanted to achieve and accomplish even as a kid Zimbabwe was too small of you know a bucket or a barrel if you want to call it that mm. for me so coming here was always yeah it was like okay you're packing okay cool whatever how many siblings do you have I have about four siblings 
about yeah. <laughs> not, so it depends on the good day and the bad day no, cause, cause, sometimes no, you're like, ah, like you i wish you were not my sibling because <laughs> my parents uh, have to like my my mom has you know her own kids oh right so, yeah. okay so you have step siblings yeah, yeah, yeah so i'm just kind of like i i bring them to together. Ah, right okay <laughs> so okay. i'm their only kid ah i mm. see how's that like uh b- having step uh um brother or sister on this side mm. and step brother and sister on that side and you in the middle i mean it gives you more support. Really? It gives you like a, a bigger support system. Because really? Because it's not just like one branch. And, you know, I don't have really have any problems with any of them. So it's just, yo, Interesting. yo. Mm-hmm. So, Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Moved to here. Yeah. 17 years old. Yeah. How's it like moving here at 17? I didn't finish. High, like, I was supposed to finish high school that year, but I didn't finish it in Zim. So I came here. I went straight to college. But I came here like around August, luckily, and I made it a point to not sound fresh. I made it a, a hectic point not to sound fresh because <laughs> I heard that like people actually get bullied for this. That like, is, I'm not trying to bro, be that is so mad. I did an episode yesterday, uh-huh. and you will not believe this. The person who I was speaking mm. to, I said the exact same sentence to that person that when I came to this country, I did not want to nah. sound fresh. So you know what I used to do? I mm. used to read Harry Potter book mm-hmm. in front of the mirror to teach myself um, the accent, London accent or British right. accent. Uh-huh. Harry, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, My experience was different. It was quite unorthodox. Really? I Go just on. listened to a lot of grime. <laughs> that's what I did so I'd listen to a lot of, of like grime like I'd ask people for suggestions like who's you know the hottest rapper yeah. what rappers you suggest and that's kind of how you I, I caught the dialect and the slang because I didn't just want to catch the, the language itself I wanted yeah. to see every aspect of it like what does this mean what does this mean how do people from this area pronounce this word yeah. and this, I was 17 at the time so I came around August which was summertime so I spent the whole summer perfecting the way I speak in mm. a sense and it just became natural over time and by the time I started college, no one could detect that I just very landed in the country. And that's very what I did. That <laughs> so is I just very Stormzy, Chip, uh, just Bugsy, anyone who was kind of blowing up at that time that I didn't know about, but other people knew. So I just did that. And then I'd always be on like Urban Dictionary. So if I'm listening to a song, I don't understand what this means. But it's still the same the thing in the yeah. sense you yeah. try mm-hmm. to make sure your dialect is yes. like, your accent is here. Exactly. Same like me. Because we both, mm-hmm. that's mad that we both have that in common. <laughs> that's crazy. So you come here, you've done some, some of your education. Yeah. Well, are you in uni now? I'm in uni now, yeah. Studying. I go to UCLA and I do mental health nursing. Okay. That was a very important thing for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. So where did the um, transition or kind of link happen mm-hmm. doing mental health nursing mm-hmm. to starting a clothing line? It's kind of inter- it's linked, to be honest, for me at least, because like uh, this goes way, way back. Like the clothing thing goes way, way back in the sense that like back in Zimbabwe, right? Like, you know, as teenagers, the, 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 the way to get the, you know, the highest social status was to be able to be someone that can dress well. Because we're all poor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not like your neighbor's got a Range Rover, someone's going this. We're all pretty much, you know, poor because it's a poor country. So the best way you can stand out is to be the best dressed. Because no one's buying Louis Vuitton. We can't even afford Louis Vuitton. We don't even have a Louis Vuitton store. So all these high-end brands that we can afford, we didn't have. And a lot of people, 
I'm pretty sure don't even know what Louis Vuitton is back home. But I was one of those kids who really followed fashion because this was cool to me. And for me, like getting into fashion started, I'd say in 2012. 2012, I was 13 at the time. I was about to start high school. You were 13 years old when yeah. you got interested in fashion? Yeah, I started making clothes when I was 14, though. Making that's, clothes That's when 14? I started making clothes, when I was 14. What was the first kind of thing that you made um, that you were th- proud of? A lot. I made a lot really? of things I was proud of. That's one, crazy. one of those, I made a pair of, like, zipper denim. So I, I got these, like, little zippers, and I distressed the denim to hide the zip so you could open the zip, and it would look like you've got blown-out pants with the zip and then you could close and it's just like a normal pair of pants right. with like a slit and then i also made this like sweater with like leather sleeves uh i made loads of stuff but that that came from you know me being that kid who liked fashion so i'd follow all the stuff that's happening here like macy margella louis vuitton uh hood by air all the brands like that were interesting to me which i'd see on music videos and stuff that i couldn't afford and i was like i want that but I know I just can't go to a store and buy it. Yeah. So instead, what can I do? Let me be resourceful. Make my own design. Yeah, let me get some leather. Let me get a sweater, blah, blah. And make but it happen. why? Why fashion? Why fashion? Because like I said, at the time, no one's rich. You know, the only way you can stand out is to dress well. At the same time, my mom was always into fashion anyway. Right. Yeah. So that is where mm-hmm. the seed that, that's kind of where it was started. planted mm-hmm. is your mom was into fashion yeah, and i said and i'd spend a lot of time with my mom as well because I, w- I was one of those kids who just like i just stay home do my work probably like watch a few things but my mom was always buying clothes you she'd buy clothes she'd try them on she'd ask me to take pictures of her which i hate really <laughs> yeah. wow but it's, it just started from there and so then, she was like all about yeah. pictures mm-hmm. and nice clothes mm-hmm. and then for me, when I started getting to like my like 12, 13, when I got into like adolescence, it, it became something I gravitated towards you naturally. And that's where it started. So from there, like I said, if I saw a piece like in a music video or wherever that I particularly liked but knew I couldn't get, or if I wanted to make something for myself that I didn't want anyone else to have, I'd just make it. I'd find a way to make it. So what I'd do is like I'd walk from school to home from home to school like every day until i had enough money to do what i needed to do basically wow and i just kept it going that way and then uh we we also had this thing back home where you where you know we did trades and stuff so say for example if i had like a pair of shoes or whatever that i didn't really want and i wanted like maybe like four pairs of jeans that i wanted to work on i'd give someone a pair of shoes and just take four pairs of jeans and just like experiment on them just just for that like it, it just became that thing like i needed to do something like i don't like the way this looks i wanted to look like this so you come here mm-hmm. and then um after a few years have gone past mm-hmm. you've decided to make your own brand called yeah. enemy studios and it wasn't even called that at first what was it called uh i didn't even plan on starting a clothing brand okay if i'm being honest where it started over here in the uk like like I said before, I always made clothes for myself back home because that was just for me. The idea of I could sell this to someone or I could, you know, give make this for someone else, it was never really there because, you know, like I said, it was all about how can you stand out? How can I stand out? You know, that kind of thing because in my perspective, that's kind of what fashion was. You know, you see someone dress well and you're like, I want to be like that guy. Just based on the way they're dressed, you know, it separates you from everyone else and that's kind of where it started for me. 
And then where it started here, I made a denim jacket. It was a blue denim jacket. Um, I did like designs and drawings all over it, spray painted, distressed it. I did all sorts and I made that just for me because I looked at all the like denim jacket and stuff that designers make and I'm like, I don't like that. But I like this though. So I'm gonna make You don't this. like that. I don't like that. So right. I'm gonna make this because I like it. Okay. So so it started from there and then I just make my own stuff. And then one day someone was like, you know, these this, this is nice, like, you know, could you make this for me? When people started saying, you know, they liked what I did and they wanted to buy into it, I'm like, wait, what? You, okay. You, you like what I do? So you never actually even planned to nah. put it up and... Nah. And then when I started, I struggled to find a name for it. I really struggled to find a name for it because, like I said, it was always just for me. It was never really for anyone else, not in a selfish way. And then uh, I remember one day after work, I used to, I used to work in a, a bar. In, in town called the, the Swan yeah I, I worked there before and I was it was finishing work and me and my colleagues went to McDonald's and we were just I read um, this thing in French I can't remember what it says but I read it and one of my colleagues was French and like what does it say what does it say in English and then she, she, she said it and in my head it sounded like it sounded like way of sin and I just liked the way that sounded and I just kind of stuck with that for a while but I realized like as much as I like the way this sounds, this is not necessarily something I can take to a larger audience because, you know, some people might be religious. Some people might think, what is this about? So it stayed for a bit, but then after a while, I realized this is not something I also feel like means anything to me. So I, so I, so I scrapped it and I just kind of continue making clothes, but I just put the name aside. And then one day... I came up with the name Enemy Studios. Random. It wasn't even, it wasn't even random, actually. It was something I actually thought out because where this links with the whole mental health thing, like when I came here, 17, I traveled from Zim to South Africa to the UK by myself. Right. Right. So I kind of always had within myself to just stand on my own too. Just like, this is my life. This is what I want to do. And then when I came here, this was like a new environment. So I'm coming from like a third world country where, you know, everyone's pretty poor, you know, things are quite basic in a sense. And then you come here and, you know, I just got hit with all this culture shock at yeah. once, you know, like I hadn't seen so many white people in one place at once ever in my life. Yeah, I'm like, understandable. And that sort of thing as well. And, you know, college, uh, peer pressure, trying to fit in because there were obviously people that I didn't really fit in with in college, but, you know, I'm 17, I want to be able to make friends because I'm thinking, you know, as this is the life I have now because the life I left, I'm, I'm never going back to that. This is the life I have now. And it wasn't easy for me. It wasn't necessarily easy for me to manage to, you know, find who I am, where I belong in all of this and still do education, family, everything else that, you know, was around my life and not just this one thing. And in a way, like, my mental health was kind of affected in that sense because, you know, I'm 17. Like, this is hard for me. And, you know, everyone has, you know, this sort of expectation for me, especially people back home because they're like, you made it. You know, mm. like, I So, left. but where did the word enemy mm. and... Me. It came from me viewing myself ah. as, you know, the enemy because I wanted to leave home to get a better life. But then, in a weird way, me leaving home ended up doing 
I won't say damage, but it, it, I didn't really expect things to go all the way they, they did. And it took a toll on me. So you became mm. an enemy of yourself, to yourself, to yourself. To myself. But at the same and time... And you decided to embrace it and, and put mm, it in the brand. But in, in a positive way where, because I've, I viewed myself in that way, it made me want to get better as right. a person. And I feel like uh, what I've realized a lot of the time, you know, people tend to belittle themselves. You, you find flaws within yourself yeah. and you start to hate yourself. And, but those are the things that make you you. Yeah. You know, the enemy that you see within yourself sometimes is the, the person that makes you a better person. Mm. And that's kind of where it started from because originally I wanted to name it after myself. But, you know, I have a very traditional Which name. Which would have been I have a, a more traditional thing to exactly. do. Exactly. But at the same time, my name is not really English friendly. Do you know what I mean? It's not a name people a can pronounce. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, for me, in that sense, me being an, an, an enemy of myself or view myself in that light yeah. pushed me to, to become better because I thought to myself, like, why do I see myself this way when, you know, when I started, when I came here, you know, I had a different idea in mind, but slowly when I, when I started to see these things within myself that I didn't like, you know, especially like my mental health and stuff, it made me want to change, you know, seeing those negatives or seeing those things that I viewed as negative made me want to become better change those things so in a weird way i sort of embraced that and i based that around the brand and that's kind of how i named it enemy studios why the studio studios because that's like uh i wanted to take a streetwear aesthetic in terms of high-end fashion because i like high-end fashion as well so uh, you get uh, like um, House of Margiela is Maison Margiela. I, I can't pronounce. I can't say it. In Mason French. Margiela. Mason Margiela. In English, it's House of Margiela. You get you have uh, Goyard. It's, yeah. it's Mason Goyard House. So instead of it being House of Enemy, I wanted to call it Enemy Studios. Right. So take so just a your own twist. You know approach. one thing I, I I guess is the name mm-hmm. isn't as important because no. when you mm-hmm. blow up. Mm-hmm. Everybody f- mm. loves the name, anyways. Yes. Yeah. It's like um, Goyard mm. or, or yeah. Hermes or Hermes, mm-hmm. as some people mm-hmm. pronounce it, or, or Versace. Like people would look at it and think, yeah. "What kind of?" Or fear of God, mm. you know, essentials. Yeah. People look at it and think the name. You know, they won't think the name; they'll mm-hmm. just know the brand. Now, I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. I want to understand your um, take on this because yeah. obviously you make clothes. Yeah. Okay. Why do people fall into wanting designer clothes? Now, mm-hmm. there might be amazing piece of clothing mm-hmm. in Primark, yeah. in Matalan, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But why is it that if, a, if Prada put out an Instagram post mm-hmm. with a, just a hoodie with yeah. just a red line on it yeah. that says Prada, mm-hmm. I want to buy that. Right. Because I do. Me, uh-huh. I'm speaking for myself. Uh-huh. I do. Mm-hmm. I had a time of my life where I was absolutely obsessed with designer clothing. Yeah. I don't know why it made me feel a certain uh-huh. way because it comes with being able to spend that money yeah. as well. Yes. You feel like you've achieved something. Yes. But then now I've gone into a period of my life where I'm like, because of lockdown and X, Y, Z, I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I was like, what's the point of yeah. having uh, designer clothes yeah. anyways? A plain black t-shirt is fine or mm-hmm. a comfortable clothing is mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But why do you... Oh, how do these brands um, get people addicted to uh-huh. them? Uh-huh. Right. So 
I can give you two answers to that question. Go on. Because I've sort of experienced both sides of the coin. Okay. Back home, you know, there, there's no place for you to buy new clothes. There's no store for you to buy new clothes. And if there is, you're buying replicas or fakes. Uh-huh. Because that's kind of the market. People buy stuff from China, like a fake, uh, say, V-Loan or fake uh, whatever brand is popping at the time, G- Givenchy or whatever. And they sell it to the people. And me... Being the kid that I was, like I said, at the age of 12, 13, I was on the internet, you know, looking at Pyrex, Bayer, mm. learning about these brands. I took a, a deeper interest into these brands and not just what they had in store, but I wanted to know who designed this? What's their story? Like, why do they name it this? Where does this come from? That's kind of where it started for me. So I never allowed myself to buy into the fake stuff, yeah. even though it was there and I could afford it. So the best alternative was to go thrifting. Right. right. So I've, I've viewed that and I would also opt, to, I'd opt to buy the, the, the vintage thrifted stuff. And because I really liked it, I liked, you know, you could tell a story from this piece of garment. Yeah. So I didn't need to buy something expensive for me to feel like I, I stand out or I'm different to anyone else. And then when I came here, when I could afford to buy the high end brands that I liked, like I was like, like you and like you said, I had a phase in my life when I was really obsessed with Balenciaga. I still love Blanchard to this day, but I was really obsessed with their brand. But for me, that never came from this is high end. I liked what the brand did. I liked everything they did. But with people, fashion is about separatism, being able to separate yourself from other people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who dress good and there's people who put on clothes. Mm-hmm. Those are two different things, mm-hmm. right? With high end clothing, it's an experience. High-end stuff isn't. It? It's an experience. Hundred percent. It's not necessarily. About you don't the buy itself. high-end clothing online. No. no. You go to the, the store. store. You like the experience, the way the people treat you. Sparkling the way they speak water, you. even though you don't drink. Exactly. It. <laughs> That's what it is. You know, when you buy high-end or you buy into high-end, you're you're paying not just for the garment itself. You're paying for the experience of it, how it makes you feel yeah. before during and after, after and how long and as well because of the fabric that it's that it's made because i'm a designer i understand fabrics i understand countries that make them what kind of quality they have so in that regard you also have to up your prices because you're giving people a quality quality stuff that will quality. last long yeah so from start to finish yeah. high end is an experience i've heard that apparently if you buy something mm. from lv mm-hmm. and if you take it back even after whatever time mm-hmm. if there's something like a defect mm-hmm. or wrong with it they will honor yes. it straight yeah. away no questions i i i do repairs on everything so Re- repairs as yeah, they say, so, yeah. so say for example if you have a pair of jeans that you tore bring them back to me or repair them or just give you a, a new one so where does enemy mm-hmm. studios fit in for, for me because uh, every brand mm-hmm. has a target audience mm-hmm. or where they fit in in the market mm-hmm. And the biggest question yeah. is, mm. why a clothing brand right. in a day and time Where it's an when every, I have many friends who have clothing yeah. brands. Yeah. They're selling hoodies for 20 quid, whatever, uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. It's so populated. Uh-huh. How do you think you're going to be unique or how you think you're going to okay. uh, uh, go to where you want to go? Where do you actually want to uh-huh. go? And where do, does your brand fit in in the market? Right. Uh, you know, with me, where I see Enemy Studios, where I want it to go, where I see it being, I, I see it as, you know, the bridge between streetwear and high-end. 
you know, I want to offer you the experience of a high-end store. You know, the way I speak to you, I speak professionally. I will address you as a client, not a customer. I see those things as two different. You know, if you're a client, I want to make sure I take care of you from start to finish. That's why I also offer, you know, bespoke clothing. So, like I said, I was the kind of person who didn't like what a lot of th people or a lot of brands made. So I made it myself. So the same, I can offer clients something that they particularly want because they might not find it in the market mm. and they might want something specifically for them. Mm. That experience of knowing you have a garment that no one on earth Because it's one of one. It's one of one. I love it's it. that experience. I have a friend who has a clothing brand um, and I, you know, his clothing brand is mm. nice, it's comfortable, mm. but I always said to him, mm. if you ever, if I ever come to you, I want a one of one item. Mm. Cause that's the experience I yes. like personally. I don't know why mm -hmm. I adore something that I only exactly. I have. Exactly. That's where it's that nobody else it goes has. back to. I'll just wear it again and again. Exactly. So it also goes back to the, this, the same thing with high-end stores where you you know you're just you're not just putting money into this piece of clothing. Mm. You're putting money into this piece of clothing and the experience that yeah. comes with it. Yeah. So that's how I see Enemy Studios. It's the bridge between street because I like, you know, like I said, I like vintage stuff, you know, distressed, kind of how I do denim. I like the idea and look of vintage because I shopped vintage before. Yeah. It's, it was the only thing I could buy at the time. I fell in love with vintage. And then at the same time, when I came here, the doors opened for me to be able to buy all these high-end brands that I like, which I, which I buy when I do have the money for it. And that's kind of how I see it because say I could, I could buy a t-shirt from, you know, a, a vintage store, maybe a pair of jeans, but I could probably want to buy like a pair of like Louis Vuittons and form that as an outfit. So I've mixed high end and a t-shirt that's been worn for 20 years and it could look good. So it goes back to that separatism and try and blending in high end and what, what it is deemed low end. So and if you go back to, like, say, a place like H&M, Primark, or wherever you might want to buy at a lower cost, you're buying, whatever it is you're buying, you might like it, but there's a functionality towards it. Mm. You're buying for functionality. You're not buying for the experience. You wouldn't go to Primark, buy a T-shirt for five pounds, and go, yeah, I've experienced something. It's like, I needed a T-shirt, boom. Right. So what's your target audience? My target audience, I, I could get into, like, the specific analytics and stuff. No, or but just, just in general. general my target audience are people who I wouldn't say who like me because not everyone's like me, but people who want to stand out, people who want something unique, people who want something refreshing. Because I, you know, obviously being uh, an owner of a brand, I also have to like look at my, my competition. What are they doing? You know, how, you know, can I stand out? And the UK is um, a cold country, you know, the weather. So a lot of people tend to make tracksuits and stuff. That's kind of like the main target audience, you know, when people make clothes. And for me, like, I'm not wearing a tracksuit right now, no. even though it's cold, because that's just me. Like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a fan of that. So I wear jeans, I wear cargoes, I wear all, all those kind of things. And that's just kind of how it, it, it based from for me, where I was like, I see, I see what everyone has. I see what everyone's doing, but I know that no one's doing what I'm doing. But what's the actual mm -hmm. audience? Because mm -hmm. you said in Zimbabwe, yeah. you had a period, or in Zimbabwe, uh -huh. you couldn't afford yeah. certain clothes. Yeah. So what if there is a kid here mm -hmm. who likes your clothing, mm -hmm. 
but can't afford it because you're not pricing it so mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. So how do you um, fit that in? What is your actual audience? Is your audience people who are working full time? So people who um, working, you know, people, yeah, who, by full time, I mean people who have a, a substantial yeah. income coming yeah. in, they'll be able to splurge on something like mm-hmm. this. Or is it for someone like, um, you know, it re- who's not uh, doing oh, yeah. well right. financially? Uh, the good thing is I, I feel like I accommodate everyone because like, uh, say someone who's in university part-time could afford a t-shirt that I make because I, I also understand what it's like to really be able to, to look at something, you know, that you, you like and but not be able to afford it. Yeah. I know, I know what that experience is like. So what I try to do is I look, my audience would be from 17, 18 to potentially 25, 27, 28 around there. There's something within what I do mm. to accommodate for each individual. Okay. But at the same time, I also look for quality. Yeah. I want to provide quality throughout. So being, you have to find a balance yes. between being affordable, mm-hmm. but then also high, being high in yes. quality. Mm-hmm. Now, what because, okay, everybody knows your idea isn't the first time it's no. been done. No. Louis Vuitton could turn around tomorrow, do your idea. They could just set up a branch, a department, call it LB Studios. Yes. And then just start painting yeah. on, a, on a jacket. Yeah. I could do it. Yeah. But what makes uh, Enemy Studios so unique in your eyes? Mm-hmm. Why should someone come to you? Because, like I said, it's, it's the experience. It's the experience that I feel like I'm able to provide. It's the experience of you being able to tell a story with a garment that you wear. It's the, you know, the experience of being able to wear something, step out of the house and feel confident that is an experience I provide. I take an idea and try to twist it around in the most unorthodox way. I try to make something that I feel like people would normally gravitate towards to and go, yo, I like that. You know, I, you know, I had this idea for some flared jeans and I feel like that challenges a lot of men's masculinity, you know, especially, you know, in the kind of society that we live in. And I was like, I'm going to make this and I'm going to see what the reaction is. And people like to people gravitate towards it. People who, you know, wouldn't even look at those kind of garments twice. They're like, yo, there's something about this, you know. And this is this comes from not just me, you know, observing this, but people coming to me like, yo, like, this is nice. And even, uh, you know, uh, the, some of the people who, who do some of my production, like my printing and embroidery, they say to me like, yo, like, I've, you know, it's I've, I've, yeah, unique, I've, I've, yeah, yeah, I've come. You know, pe- people have come to me with their own ideas and brands, and I do. But I've never, you know, seen someone who does it this particular way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, it's not necessarily me trying to be different. It's me saying, how can I provide you with a piece or a service that will leave you going, yo, I spent money on this and I'm happy about it. Right. That, Satisfaction. Yes, that's what it is for me. That's my drive. So. I know this is not the first person to make a brand about jeans or jackets. It's not the first and it certainly won't be the last. But I want you to purchase something for me. And when you receive it, you go, yo, I spent money on this and I'm happy this was worth the money. Where do you see Enemy Studios in like 10 years time? In 10 years time? <laughs> Just so, so uh-huh. I don't want to answer that you mm-hmm. think of. Mm-hmm. I want a straight answer like close your eyes and the first picture that comes to your mind. Uh, when you think enemy studios 10 years 10 what's the first in picture? 10 years in 10 years time i've quit my nine to five 
I have a warehouse. I produce clothes in Portugal because I want to source fabrics from there as well as Italy and have my own warehouse. I want to be able to ship to uh, America. Worldwide. The rest rest of Europe, especially Africa. I want to make it able for someone in South Africa, Zimbabwe, Ghana, or wherever to be able to buy my clothes and have it shipped to them because that's something that Africa, I feel like, is restricted from. We're able to see these high-end brands. We can see them on TV. We can see them as celebrities. We can't buy them ourselves. What about retail store? Do you want to have a retail stores? I th- I think that's dead, uh, in my opinion. I feel like... But in, in, mm. in your brand, mm-hmm. it's all about experience. It's all about experience, yes. Why wouldn't I want to go to an enemy studio uh, a store mm-hmm. and sit down with mm-hmm. a designer mm-hmm. of yours uh, who's like, I don't know, in the future, on iPad mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and like making my ideas, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and making me a one-of-one piece? Because like because rather than doing it online because, you know? because because when I when I stated the, the the warehouse thing right with within that warehouse I want to create different subsections you know I also want to make uh do my own runway and have you know people come to it as well people experience the you know the feeling of a runway that you don't need to necessarily need to be in London or in France during Fashion Week for that to happen so with that with that you know the experience of someone being able to come in. That's something I would look into doing, but for now I wanna. But focus in ten years' on, time, in ten, in ten, in ten years' time, that's sort of that's sort of my goal. I would have quit my nine to five, have a warehouse, have clothes being produced in Portugal and Italy, mm. and sort of just grow. Why do you think retail is dead? But uh, COVID, COVID, COVID showed that very much, you know, because so many companies have you know gone under because they were their only source of income was in that retail store or oh, their most source of yeah income was yeah, yeah it was, was it was retail so in that regard with the way things are going you know i haven't been to you know a, a retail outlet in, in a few months you know and i feel like with the uncertainty of how things are going as well as the idea of you know going out and you know being in in a place like even education and stuff the idea of having to be in that place specifically to make it happen is kind of slowing down down so for me if i was to open a retail store which i plan on doing which i have a backstory about that i'd you know it would have to depend on what the state of you know retail is at like, the time at the time which makes mm-hmm. sense but for now well, it's just i was online, thinking in in your um brand it's all about the experience as such isn't it so it'd yeah be pretty cool if one day i could come to you and be like let's sit down together and design a piece together yeah, we could, yeah that would be yeah. you know really cool to do because mm-hmm. online sometimes it, you take away the human side yes you know? yes it does. just feels like i'm ordering uh-huh. something online and then i also plan on doing like uh, pop-ups Mm, so like do, so yeah. do like a national pop that's up in, yeah 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 that's it very so, cool yeah so it's so also with the, you know with that experience which like I said if I'm to stray away from retail not abandon it completely but for now kind of put it on hold I plan on doing you know a pop up say in London do pop up in Birmingham do pop ups there and like I like you said you know you wanna come to me you wanna create something we could sit down talk make something you could watch the whole thing happen. Mm give people that sort of experience in that regard because when i looked at the retail i was like uh retail right now is looking a bit left but what can i do to still give people that same experience of you know the clothes that whole thing i could make a pop-up 
so I could, you know, probably like rent an outlet or whatever, set it up, you know, have all the clothes, you know, do all the stuff that I've sort of planned out in my head and do that for people. I feel like because I can't do this right now, mm. I, could, I could definitely do this. Right. Interesting. How successful do you think Enemy Studios is going to be? Very. How successful? And how successful? <sighs> how much do you believe in Enemy Studios? How much do I believe in it? Sometimes I feel like I don't believe it enough. Why? Because, like I said, I, at first I didn't even plan on making clothes. I didn't plan on making a brand. I never planned on getting to where I am. Like even some of, you know, the contacts I've been able to have were never planned. You know, like uh, talking to certain public figures mm. f- has now become a part of my day. It, sh- it shouldn't feel that way. It shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't be talking to people who, you know, who are quote unquote high places. It shouldn't feel normal, you know. But it, but it, because of this brand, I've come to that point where I can now communicate with someone in, you know, uh, who's deemed as a public figure to people, someone who has a lot of fans and people who celebrate this person highly. These are people I communicate with on a, on a regular basis, and it shouldn't feel normal, you know. And most of the time, these people approach me. And by me, I don't mean like me, like they push the brand, they, they, you know, they, they message the brand page and stuff, or the, you know, they show their support in, in one way or another, which I don't really talk about because I, I, I don't feel like it's worth discussing. But based on those communications alone, you're like, I've got something here. I have something here that, that I don't have to necessarily say this is what it is, but people are gravitating, gravitating. towards this themselves. You know, these are people who have no business talking to me. I know one to them. <laughs> yeah, you know, they know don't know exactly who I am. You, you know, I've, I've not blown. Yeah. I have nothing to offer them. But, you know, they still go, yo, I like this. this I like what you're doing. I you do. Know. So, I like what you do. Yeah, so in that regard, I don't necessarily want to feel, say, big-headed when I say that MSUs will go far. But based on the people and their reaction to it, is what tells me I that think this will go so far. I think it's so sick being able to have a wardrobe mm. when nobody else has that yeah. same wardrobe in yeah. the entire world and you make that wardrobe exactly how you want it. Like, the, the exp- you, you're not just wearing, mm. you're expressing. Yes. It's exactly. just sick. Exactly. The idea is so yes. sick being able to go into your wardrobe mm. and actually having that mm. discussion with yourself, like, I like everything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm like, going to wear today. I just I like, like everything. everything. Yeah. And I can mix and match with anything. And no one has And this. you can go back again and again and again to that same mm-hmm. person and have new items yes. that are again one of one. But my question is this. Mm-hmm. At some point, mm-hmm. let's say, um, this thing goes through the roof. Yeah. You have 5,000 DMs, orders. Uh, okay? How do you keep the same experience? Because... Mm-hmm. Gymshark was like that at one yeah, point. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But then now Gymshark is like, pow. Yeah. You just order and order and order. Uh-huh. Whereas your brand is so unique on uh-huh. a one to one level. Uh-huh. I'm buying something almost from Jay directly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You don't get that in mm-hmm. LV. I'm yes. not buying something directly from Virgil. No. I'm buying something from LV. Yeah. But then when you have so many orders, mm-hmm. how would the business work then? How would you do all this? Would I'd, you yeah, hire people mm-hmm. to do the designs and. Spray painting uh, oh, and all no. that. At, uh, at this point in time, what I do is I, at first, you know, I could just have people, you know, message me like, oh, I, you know, I want a one-on-one. Now it's on an email basis. You know, you have to like book 
an appointment in order for you know for us to communicate and talk this out. That's sick. You know, so <laughs> way English. <laughs> so it's That's it's it's the only because at the end of the day, like I don't want to sacrifice you know the quality of the work. Yeah. You know, just for you to give me money and I give you a product. No, quick, quick, quick. Exactly, no, exactly. It's not that. Because at the end of the day, like if you even if someone says you know I'm going to LV for an appointment. Mm. You, that already feels like a privilege in a sense. Yeah. So if for someone to say, you know, I have an appointment, you know, for Enemy Studios, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking time for you, whether yeah. or not you you end up buying the product or not. To me, it doesn't matter. You know, you've still spoken to me. Yes, that's important. And that's we've, important. you know, we've that's spoken big. about that. You know, you've been able to give, you know, what you like, what you don't like. That whole experience, of, you know, being able to decide what you want. Because you're still clothes. leaving with a positive yes. taste yeah. about the brand. Yeah. You're not being forced, no. sold. No. Like, if I go to a fitting in mm-hmm. Hugo Boss, which I have done before, mm-hmm. uh, and it felt like they were kind of trying to upsell me a waistcoat when I yeah. didn't need it, no. or, or a pair of uh, shoes when I didn't need it. But that's Hugo Boss. Mm-hmm. But then w- with you, it's like, it's okay. If yeah. you don't like it, at least do you mm-hmm. know where you fit in mm-hmm. in the brand. Because but mm-hmm. before you move on, how would you make that profitable? Mm-hmm. Which was going to go back to the statement that I was going to make go <laughs> before. Go on. Bef- like, when I started this, I, 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 I always went by one slogan or motto, if you want to call it that. And it was a lyric I heard from this one song a long time ago. And it just stuck with me. It's not something I like, yo... It just stuck with me. And the statement goes, cash is no distraction when the passion is the glue. Okay. Right. So, we're like, as it is, we're in a pandemic. You know, we've been in a pandemic for almost a year now. Yeah. It's been very difficult for people to make money. It's been very difficult for people to save, keep money in that regard. So, for me, I'm passionate about this. I love what I do. It doesn't feel like a job to me. And so, therefore, whether or not, you know, I'm making tons of money from it, at the end of the day, it is a business. I do need to make money from it. I understand that. But I can't give you the proper experience if I am trying to sell you something that, that, that to you would deter you from the brand. What I'm here to offer you is a service, an experience, even if it is something within our catalog, you know, all our stuff is made, you know, it's, it's made from scratch. It's not like... I just said, you know, everything's a stock beam. You get it. Okay, you want it this size. Would you like it tailored to this? Would you like this fit in, you know, in this sort of design, that sort of aspect? So it even if you are buying something, say, from our main catalog, you also have, you know, the option to say, I'd like it tailored in this specific fashion. So right. as much as it, as much as that finance part comes into it, that statement, cash is no distraction when the passion is the glue for me will always stick so it's not the money it's not the money the money has been coming in right but i don't but what i do with the money goes back to the brand i've not taken a cent from the money that i've made right. all the money that i get goes well, back when into do you start mm. when when do you because obviously mm-hmm. at the end of the day you gotta make a living yeah you got to yes. quit your nine to five yes how do you get to that how do i get to that when it when, when i when i'm when i start to make enough money for me to be able to quit my nine to five What's the plan? The plan. So is there like I need to do five pieces of clothing a week mm-hmm. to be able to do this, or ten, or something? Do you have a plan as such? So uh, the pl- the plan with the brand in terms of me being able to quit at the minute, I, I don't I don't want to say how how much revenue is being no, made. No, no, that's fine. But at the minute, I I do make enough for me to 
not necessarily live comfortable, but I, I make enough for me to put the money back into the brand. And the, say the digits, the figures have slowly started to increase. You know, it just went from this figure. Is it because the figure. orders have increased? The orders have increased. The amount of orders. Yes, the, the amount of orders have increased gradually. So I'm seeing progress in that aspect. So it continues growing, growing, growing. At the same time, I, I'm still marketing to a wider audience, still trying to get it to as many people out there as possible and do everything that I need to do on the business side. I focus on the business side. I need to do this. When I get an order, I need to make sure I do it in this order. In this order, I need to make sure I need to contact this person. I need to make this phone call. I need to, you know, book this email. I need to get this appointment done. I handle all the business that I do. I make sure all the financial stuff is intact and make sure that it is a growing business because it has to grow because there wouldn't be a point in me doing this even if it is for the passion if I'm losing money. Oh, yeah. Or you're not getting to that stage mm. where you can quit your nine to five no, or, no. or pay a couple of bills. No, yeah. Because like um, a lot of people think um, what counts as making it? They think a mansion, uh, a six-figure mansion mm. or, you know, seven-figure mansion is making it. In my perspective, mm. it's not. When you are actually able, the day you are able to quit your nine to five and your hobby or your passion is paying you mm -hmm. enough, like your nine to five, mm -hmm. that day you made yes. it. That's the day you made mm -hmm. it because you are waking up and you're actually loving every mm -hmm. minute mm -hmm. of what you do. When you do something, mm -hmm. you out of love and passion, you want to... Uh, do that 24 yes. hours. Yes. Doesn't matter if yes. it pays you £2 an hour, no. £15 an hour, yeah. whatever. You want to do that 24 hours. Yeah. So taking that time off, going to do another mm. job, even though the job might be good, you're just like, I wish I don't have to do <laughs> this because I yeah. want to do that. Yeah, because like for, for me, like I probably don't have like a day of rest this week. I've, I've been working every day. Yeah. So it, 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 I, you know, I still do uni at the same time, but you know, I have to wake up, I have to do these orders, I have to wake up, go talk to this person, I have to wake up, speak to you know my production That's team, said, wake yeah. up. You know, it's a daily thing, and then today, you know, there's this, and then tomorrow it's back again. Else, yeah. So for me, because I am passionate about that, I don't see it as work. But for me, my idea of making it, does it as much as the financial aspect is there, and obviously me wanting to quit my nine to five to do this. For me, making it is being able to take care of the people I left back home. That, for me, would be making it. You know, I want to be able to buy my mom a house. Mm. I want to be able to, you know, help my friends back home who didn't have the same opportunities as me. You know, like, I, you know, with the money that, you know, with, you know, how things have been going, obviously things back home haven't been good. But because of, you know, where I am and what I do, I've been able to support some of my friends you know give them a bit of money on the side yeah sure and make sure yeah and make sure that they're good yeah, so yeah. me being able to do that because of this tells me that like wow like the, it all started from just you know this one idea mm. on a denim jacket and it's led to this and i'm now able to you know you know send a few of my homies a few, you know a bit of money here and they're like yeah here's a bit of money you know get with yourself this Every little and helps. then you know you know i'll talk to my mom and i'm trying to help her start a home business right now so for me making it isn't just about me i want to be you know making it is everyone else around me winning making it as well yeah so that if i came to you um as a consumer uh -huh. and i wanted a piece of clothing mm -hmm. jacket let's say what's the starting price what's the base price where does it start for someone who has no clue mm -hmm. right for that would be from 60 60 pounds 60 onwards so and the more crazy you want the jacket not, the not, more necessarily, not necessarily the, the crazy uh it all depends on uh the quality quantity fabrics 
it all depends specifically on what it is you want. And then obviously I have to calculate how much that is going to cost. And you provide the jacket. Yes. I don't bring the jacket. I, no, 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 I don't, I don't accept so that. You'll provide obviously the jacket and everything. Yes, because the I want to... material is... Dead, you, you, I offer a range of, of, of material. So it could be leather, cashmere, satin, whatever you could possibly put on denim. I have on and deck. is it tailored to you? T- tailored specifically to you. So ask me your size. You know, I your asked. Fitting I a- you know, I asked you your size. Uh, you know, how you want it. Do you want? Do you want a particular size? Do you want a particular fit? Yeah. Do you want it in a particular color? You know, do, would you want a cut here? Would you want this and that? It has to be specific to you. Otherwise, it won't feel like it's for you. How do you design these things? Do you design it on an iPad or laptop or pen and pencil? And any anything I have on me, so really? I, so I could be on my phone on like so traveling, and I'm phone. I'm on my phone making a design. You know, I have designs that I've made on my phone. I could be on my iPad at home. That's what I'm sticking to. I could be at a friend's house to have a pen and paper. Where does mental health nursing and this come in? Mental health nursing and where this comes in, back to college. My experience at college was necessarily the best because of you know having to fit in coming from a different country, not understanding everything, peer pressure, all those things, home, blah, blah. That, that's kind of where it started. And I was at home one day when I made this jacket. I was at home and, you know, I didn't necessarily go out that much or speak with a lot of people. So the time that I had was at home and I used that time to learn more about fashion, etc., etc. And in college, I, I did IT first year. And then second year onwards, I did um, health and social care. So I learned quite a lot within that time because, you know, at some point I wanted, you know, to venture into psychology. Mm. And that's, that's, that's where that started. And then because of, you know, my deteriorating mental health at the time, it felt more it, like me, be, me making this jacket, this piece, felt more because I poured myself out. And I put it onto fabric. Okay. Do you get it? Yeah. So, so in that sense, you know, like I've made, I've, I've been able to make something for someone who's, you know, whose friend had passed away, right. you know, like the year. So, so okay. they came to me and said, yo, like, I want to make this piece and I want to make it something to commemorate, you know, the memory of, you know, my friend who's passed away. And, you know, I really sat down with this guy. I'm like, you're cool. Like, what did he like? The, you know, the same thing, you know, yeah, we have here, you know, you we're now. having an, an authentic discussion not just about the clothes, you I know, not just the piece, but, you know, you want something that, you know, you can look at and be like, yo, this is nice, but it also means something to me. I'm with you. Do you know what I mean? That, that's, that's where it, it comes from because expression doesn't necessarily have to be, look at me. Yeah. It could be, this means something to me or this is a memory for me. This sparks something within me. But why would you pick mental health nursing as a course? Be- because I feel like as you know, the black community and, you know, like in the minority aspect, I feel like that's necessarily uh, an aspect of our lives we focus on. True. We, we choose to bury our problems. Very true. We choose to go... It's like it doesn't yeah, exist. It doesn't exist. Let's just move forward. And that's, that's, you know, I don't think that's an appropriate way to go through things. You know, you don't, you don't go through life burying stuff, you know, things resurface. You know, you might have an issue with something and it might come out, you know, through someone else. You could be upset and not at a, at a person and take it out on someone else or you could be having a situation at home and take it out on your colleagues that sort of thing i, I don't think it's it's healthy 
for people, you know, within us, you know, the, you know, minorities and stuff, and not just us, but everyone in general, the idea of not taking care of our mental health is bad. And I wanted to be able to help people around, you know, my like my friends, my people back home, people around me, you know, because, you know, it's something I've noticed from learning the course and whatever I noticed, yeah, this is something that we all do. We don't realize we're doing it because, you know, we're raised, we're taught mm. that, nah, this is not something that, you know, you focus on, you just, it's whatever. And also at the same time, you know, going back to the name of the brand, started for me, view myself as, you know, the opposer, the enemy. Right. So mental health has a lot to do with the brand. Got you. Mm -hmm. Got you. A lot of uh, interesting points that you said. I wanted to pick up on one thing that mm -hmm. I have, because whoever comes on, yeah. I do a lot. I try and do as much as research as mm -hmm. I can. So I went through people who follow you. Yeah on your studios yeah. and I picked someone who I know uh -huh. and I asked them what they think of the brand. Right. One of the comment was they think that the brand is amazing, right. but the brand uh, or the Instagram uh -huh. is not consistent in terms of uh -huh. uploading. Yeah. How, cause that's someone just someone who follows you, someone yeah. who could be a consumer. Yeah. How do you want to address that? What do you think of that? That's, that's very true. That's, that's also an issue that I've been having as well because, uh, I, I do want to post consistently. You know, that, that, that is something I feel like, you know, the page lags. But for me, I'm a perfectionist. That's, that's, that's another error that I have. You know, I don't want to, you know, show you something that I feel like is lackluster. There's so many things that, you know, I could have posted. There's so much footage that I have that I don't show up because I feel like this is not the right quality. This is not something I feel like, you know, people will want to see. This is not something I feel like is up to the standard I want for people, you know, so in that regard, that's what it is. But at the same time, I understand it's very important. So uh, what I've been doing is uh, for my next uh, collection, which, which will be dropping as well as other stuff, I've, I've booked uh, a, a photography session and I want to have quality images. So I don't feel like it's enough for me just to have like a phone, you know, that I can take on my phone and boom, here's what it is. I want to be able to, like, like I said, put it's up an experience. Quality. Yeah, I want to put up quality consistently. And the thing is, I've only been doing enemy studios for about a year, almost. That's how long it's been. So it's been a learning process for me. Like, oh, like, you know, it's not, it's not good enough. Just take a picture on your phone and post it. It's, that's not good enough. It's not, you know, okay to just, oh, yo, yo, here's my friend. Yo, can you wear this? Boom, boom. I don't think that's good enough. And it's something I've been learning. And that statement is very true it is it is it, it is a piece that needs to post a lot more so how i fix that how i plan to fix that is to get a lot of footage at and once then upload and then upload right because mm -hmm. i realized that there's something i i like where like i said i'm a perfectionist and because of being a perfectionist sometimes if it takes me two weeks to get the right picture that's how long it's going to take me yeah well the person who mm. asked me this, mm. if you're what, well, you will be watching it. That's the response. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is why creativity yeah. Yeah. takes time. time. It takes time. <laughs> it does take time. It takes time. Like all this setup mm. that I have for mm. the podcast, it took it takes time. time. Yeah, but obviously, you know, if, you know, from the consumer end, you know, it's just it's a picture. You know, that's kind of easy. It's just a picture, but you know, like it, it, it takes a lot of work put in because you know it's not just me. 
you know, I have to get, you know, people to model. I have to get the photographer. I make sure, you know, his or her schedule is on point. You know, the setup is fine. Are they happy doing the work? I have to pay them as well. I have to make sure the people that are modeling for me as well. I have to take yeah. care of them as well. It's, hey, mo- it's not have just me. Have I got me. a face for modeling or what? <laughs> Listen, I want to touch on quickly. Um, so Crispin mm, is mm. a partner Yeah, my business yours. partner, yes. What's yes. his role? Oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. I've known him for a few years. Yeah, that's my Good guy. Good few years. Mm. He's a character, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of our uh, peers will watch this mm, who, who do yeah, who, they know, who know him. Know they, they probably but knew Crispin before in? they knew me. Yeah. Most of yes, the time. yeah, yeah. Mm. That's how I, mm. I found out about you. So, me, I'm not a very talkative person. You know, like, I choose to let my work speak for itself. Okay. You know, I, I, I feel like, you know, the more you talk, the m- sometimes you can take away from what you actually want to, you know, want to see. Because if I have, you know, a sick pair of jeans, I'm not going to bore you with a long paragraph about these jeans. I'll show you the jeans. Do you like them? What do you think about them? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about them? That, for me, so I'd rather let my work speak for itself. And Crispin being the character that he is, you know, Crispin's the kind of person who's, he can intermingle with people. He can mingle with a lot of people. He, you know, he, he can communicate. And, you know, Crispin, you know, he did business in college. That's how I knew him. You know, he, he was a guy, he was a smart guy. I could tell he was a smart guy. And, he is. And in college, we, we were never really friends because we didn't really have anything that linked us together. It was just, oh, you're Zim, you're Zim. Safe, one, one. <laughs> That's kind of what it was. And, you know, we, you know, we'd see each other here and there and, you know, we'd, we'd go on, on like a few nights out and I'd see him, he'd see me, we'd chill together and stuff. And then last year in March, I'd say March the 10th, if not the 12th, he DM'd me. And, you know, we spoke and he was like, yo, like, you know, I, you know, I really like, you know, what you're doing. And I feel like, you know, like I could, you know, help out, you know, be part of this. And he was like, you know, let me show you that, you know, I can be, you know, of some help of, yeah, of some help to this. And I said, bro, right now, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a pandemic. I, you know, I can't pay you, you know, I, as much as, you know, I would, you know, love be grateful to. for your services. Yeah. I can't pay you right now. Mm. There's nothing that I can offer you that you probably can't get yourself already. You know, and he, and he was like, nah, you know, it, that doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to pay me. I want to be part of this. And I He said, was not yeah. like this back in the day. I tell you that. He was, <laughs> this kid was a ruthless kid. He still back is. Back in the he day. He still he still cha- he's, he's changed, changed for the better mm-hmm. a lot. He used to be. Mm-hmm. He's going to watch this. I'll say it point back. He used to be a ruthless <laughs> kid. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it started. You know, he, he was like, yo, like, you know, like, you you know, I, I could do, you know, the marketing, but you know, getting, you know, getting the people, whatever, the connections and stuff. And then, you know, I just, you know, like the design, whatever I need to do, you know, the creative aspect, you know, the photography shoots, directing them, getting everything done, picking out, you know, the content that we use. So what we did was, you know, we sat down and we was like, okay, hey, cool. What, what, you know, what are your talents? What can you do? What can you do? Mm. And we was like, okay, hey, cool. Instead of, you know, trying to, find a way that we can work together why don't you focus on what you can do best and i focus on what i can do best and let's just merge that right and that's how it started and it's been since day so it's actually helped you a lot having him a lot yeah yeah a lot because at that point as well i also realized you know like i couldn't just be a one-man show right you know at, at some point you know i would need help the same way now like it's not enough for me to just you know have more no uh be at home making everything you know i have to like, take something to a production team for printing mm. embroidery I, if i need you know to source uh, fabrics i need that as well so it got to that point where i you know i was getting so much that i, that I realized it's not enough 
mm. which would be a one man show. I can't, you know, do the marketing, do the posting, do the, the networking, do the designs all by myself. So I had to, you know, allow myself to trust someone with that because Enemy Studios, you know, is still like my baby, you know, and trusting someone with your baby is quite like, yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, when you, you want to make sure mm. you have the right energy exactly. into your business exactly. because, listen, in business, mm. you can have uh, like craziness, uh, even if it's your family. Yeah, yeah. Your friend might be the best person in the world for the partnership, but then a few years down the line, nah. when money's involved, anything can go bitter. Anything, everything. anyone. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's your dad, mom, whatever. When it's money, anything well, can happen. Exactly. So how do you and him kind of uh, work that. in that sense? What if mm-hmm. things get sour when, when money starts coming in? Uh, you Have you guys mm-hmm. talk, thought of this type of thing? Like, yo, this is how we're going to address it if something like this occurs. Oh, we, we've had beef. <laughs> oh, we, we, <laughs> I don't think there's anyone in this world who's not had beef with that guy. <laughs> but, you know, our beef was always business related. You know, it was never like, I have beef with you because of this. You're right. It's, it's like, yo, I have beef with, you know, what is going on. Right. You know, sometimes like, you know, he's like, yo, bro, like, what's going on? Like, you know, like, I don't like this. You know, he, he'll call me on some of my work. And I'm like, yo, like, what, what, what? Yeah. You know, but I had to understand, you know, he, it, it's, it's not coming from a perspective of, bro, this is trash. It's just, I, I think you could do better. Of course. And for me, it was a case of like, bro, like I, I understand, you know, you think, you know, you, you should do the things this way, but I think, you know, I think this would be a better outcome. And we'd have back and forth over that. Mm. We've never had any back and forth in terms of money, surprisingly. You know, we've had a back and forth in terms of like, okay, cool, how much money are we putting in? That's because he's getting <laughs> <three> <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's like, oh, nah, it's not even like, it's, 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 he, he gets the gums anyway. <laughs> Everything that's made, you know, it's access to. So, in terms of the money thing, what we've had beef over it is how much money are we putting in, or should we put money into this? That's the the only financial query we've had. It's like arguments Mm. in relation to how we can grow, how we can improve. Yes, it's never about the other person or what they do. What they're doing is just okay, cool. If you know, if I'm doing something wrong, he calls me out. Mm. You know, if I'm, you know, like going down a little bit he'll call me out yeah and i don't take that negatively like oh what's this guy doing what's he saying to me it's like yo i need to up my work i need to do better and vice versa okay so in that aspect you know me and crispin's you know business relationship is it's great okay it's great and i I don't see myself probably working with anyone else apart from him obviously i probably work with more people in the future but for now me and him being business partners is perfect perfect so Let's say it's 2024. Mm-hmm. Enemy Studios has got 40, 50,000 followers. Yeah. A uh, clothing company approaches you uh-huh. and says, why don't let us sign Enemy Studios or let us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, come over to us, mm-hmm. design for us. Mm-hmm. What, what do you say? As in, like, as in for them to buy Enemy Studios and... Uh, maybe, yeah, they buy Enemy Studios out and, and they make it under their bra- under their umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, I'll just say, let's say Boohoo come to you mm-hmm. and say, right, Boohoo X Enemy Studios, mm-hmm. you come and do it on our side. Uh-huh. What as do you say? On a permanent thing or just... Yeah, like let's on say a, on they, just wanna, they just want to buy you out because they've been buying out brands left, right and center at the moment. I'm sorry. You wouldn't? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you sure? 
like I said, this is this is boohoo bank. Yeah. I, I I know I know like they've been I've I've seen all the companies they've been buying, they've been buying out. I've seen all this of that. will set you for yeah. generations, yeah. not just yeah. I understand, but at the same time, that takes away ownership. You know, I feel like as as you know a black man, I feel like there isn't much ownership provided to me. You know, like I feel like society doesn't give me like yo here is this. You know. I have to work twice as hard to sometimes be on an equal level with someone. After that means I have to work three times as hard to be above certain people. Do you know what I mean? So I do. So in in that regard, I do understand that like I it would you know if if a company like Boohoo says let's buy you out, then they've taken ownership of what I've built for years. They now take the credit of everything that I've had to struggle for. Yeah. You know, it now belongs to them, and now I don't have that ownership. Yeah. I no longer have that for myself. You know, I I want to get, you know, this brand to a point where I do eventually, I'd, I'd maybe, you know, give it someone else, give the baton to someone else and say, yo, I trust you with this, you know, this is your vision. Take this in the direction you want. Mm. You know, maybe they have someone else they believe, you know, could take this somewhere else. Somewhere else. Of, and, but still maintain ownership. I feel like ownership is something very important, especially for someone like me, who's black, because like I, I mean, said, I think it's like, Montclair has mm-hmm. uh, bought uh, Thingy, haven't they? Stone Island. Yeah. And then, obviously, Boohoo mm-hmm. have been going around yeah. buying mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Arcadia Group, whatever they own. Mm-hmm. They, uh, just like a handful of your day-to-day retail companies, they've yeah. just bought them all. Yeah. Scooping them up. Yeah. You say ownership mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this current thing at the moment yeah. that support black businesses. I'm against that. I'm really against that. Personally speaking, I'm really against it. Not in a negative sense, like you shouldn't support black businesses, but I just don't like the fact that like, how can I? Okay, so Clubhouse. Have you heard of Clubhouse, right? Yes. So you, you have you heard that Clubhouse is now worth a billion? Yeah. Right? But who is the reason that company's worth a billion? In, in your because society? people from ethnic minority there or black exactly point blank exactly black people and all these people yeah. music artists and all these people have been going on it yeah and giving all these mm-hmm. you know lectures and stuff about it and mm-hmm. it's just brought a lot exactly. of attention to it now i took a look into clubhouse right personally I, I was quite interested like how is a company that I only heard about less than three months ago worth a billion now so what they did was uh the owners tr- said that they were trying to take a final you know, look into social apps. So they started off, you know, by getting people within their own niche who they felt, you know, were going to get this app to blow up. Okay. It didn't work. Then they tried to approach, you know, different people. It didn't work. They approached Kevin Hart. <laughs> it, he got some attention to it, but it wasn't as much. They got uh, Joe Budden to do it. And on Joe Budden's podcast, he'd always shout it out. He'd always talk about it. Yeah. He'd always talk about Clubhouse to a point where certain people thought he owned Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Right. And then there was uh, that situation with 21 Savage and Meek Mill being on Clubhouse with, uh, I think, was a DJ Academics and that, yeah. you know, <laughs> trended. Yeah. Right. So when I look, everything around Clubhouse centers around black people. Mm. You know, black people are Black able, business, yeah, black music, exactly. like this. Yeah. Black people have the ability to make any and everything they want pop. You know, the way we speak, the way we dance, the way we dress. We're able to make any and everything we want pop. Now, what Clubhouse did was they then said, yo, so for our next turnover where, you know, we might 
so what they did, they offered these, you know, public figures, rappers, whatever. They said, here's what we're going to do, right? So this company's worth this much now. So next, the, the next investment run, if you put in enough work, we can, we could offer you the chance to invest. In Clubhouse. Into Clubhouse. So they're saying, work for us, prove to us that you're worth investing into us. So they're saying, work for us and give us the money. And then potentially we could give you a piece of the cake. So now they've used black people, I don't say they've used, but black people have now made this app pop off. They've turned it into something big. People know about it. I know about it because of this. But now 21 Savage, Meek Mill, Joe Budden, none of them are getting a piece of the pie that is not worth a billion. But why do you still disagree? Because you said... Oh, no, there's that one aspect, right? And then what I, what I don't like, right? When, I, when I've seen that, you know, I've realized, you know, black people... We have the ability to make anything pop off if you want to. The problem is with black people, we start at 10 with each other in everything, right? So if, I, if, if say, for example, someone went to an African shop where they sell food, right? Or to, like for some reason, you, you wouldn't want, you, you'd want to buy it because of nostalgia, but not necessarily to support that person. You know, I know so many black people who start their own, you know, uh, kitchen or food or they make good food or whatever products they sell. As black people, we kind of go, oh, like, oh, look at that. It's, it's ghetto. It's this, it's this. You know, places like Bando Box, whatever, whatever, right? They all have, you know, this uh, black connotation towards them. And people can at, at times be deterred to them, like, 30 pounds for what? For food? What? Are you mad? And this is coming from other black people. But then you gladly go to Nobu or Galtra and pay 100, 200 pounds for a morsel of food. Yeah, but people are saying support black, mm. black, black mm. people, support black businesses. Yes. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. but then you're categorizing yourself, aren't mm-hmm. you? In exactly. Essence, exactly. White people aren't saying support white, white businesses. businesses. Now, even though you say that black people have to struggle two times, two mm-hmm. times as hard, mm-hmm. when you stop thinking in that narrative, yeah. it's support it the business, business if it's it, good. Exactly. So, like the the, the reason like the, the Instagram page, right? It, I, the reason I don't follow myself or follow Chris Brown is to take away that that idea of this is a black owned business it's just yo these are clothes this is a brand that don't makes clothes don't buy my stuff just because i'm black exactly i don't want that i I also tell my friends don't buy my clothes because you know me mm. because if you buy my clothes because you know me you don't like my clothes right you only know me i mean a non <laughs> let's say a woman who's who's i said this in the other uh-huh. episode someone who makes a key ring uh-huh. a black person made this key ring yeah. it's a good key ring yeah. And everybody's shouting out about it, saying support this because a black lady made it and it's tough for her in this day and age to to surpass. Mm. But then a white lady made the same key ring, same quality, but nobody's shouting her as much. You're just, you know, using... It's like using yeah. racism, but then exactly. the other way yeah. around. Exactly. It's like, it's like using racism as, you know, and like I'm not, not necessarily racism is real. Racism is a real thing. It's sometimes, you know, you could, you could use racism in like a non-racist, you know, situation okay. and use it as an excuse to be a victim. Okay. I, don't th- I don't think, you know, I should be, a, you know, a victim of support black businesses. At the end of the day, right, if someone wants to buy into this brand, they'll buy into it because they like what they, what they see. Mm. Not because they go, oh, you're black, I'm going to buy from you. No. Right, like I go, you, you you go to a restaurant. You don't know who owns it. You like what they provide. You like mm. the food they provide. You go to a Tesco. You don't know who owns that Tesco. I mean, Chinese don't say support Chinese businesses. No, exactly. Do you get it? If if you want to support something, You'll people will support, support it regardless. It. Exactly. Then you then saying support this because I'm this takes away from that. It it sort of puts a victim in my opinion, a victim mentality onto whatever. Very interesting. Exactly. Because I don't want you Very to sympathize 
with to me. buy something. Yeah. I want you to buy because this is what you want. You believe in it. You, you believe like it. it. You like it. Do you get it? So in, in, in that perspective, I don't believe in support, like the whole thing of putting enemy studios in a box where we say support black businesses. No, just support if you, you know, if you like it, you like what you see, cool. If you don't, that's fine. You know, maybe one day we could have something that would be to your tasting. I love that that's approach. The, that's the approach. So for me, the idea approach. of support You're not black begging. Business. No, 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 no. Based of my skin color, come and no, buy my no, stuff. No, no, no. Based because of our relationship, come and buy my stuff. No. You check my stuff out. Yeah. You like, like it? it? Cool. Cool. Right. You don't like, like it? Some of my friends cool. have even felt guilty for not buying anything. Like, you don't have I wanna to. I want to ask you that. Mm. So, people say, oh, you know, my friends don't support my mm. business. Mm. Uh, you know, they, it's a thing nowadays mm. that they're talking about saying, oh, your friends and family don't support your business. Yeah. I look at it this way. If I share an Enemy Studios post on my Instagram, mm. I have, what, 2,000, roughly mm. 2,000, no, 1,500 mm. followers on Instagram, about nearly 3,000 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's what well, um, four and a thousand. I shared it to four and a mm -hmm. something thousand people. Mm -hmm. Nobody bought it, mm -hmm. but people saw it. Yeah. But it's not actually helping you though, is it? Mm, yes, it is. It but is. nobody's actually buying it. You is it the attention? Is it the reach? Uh, no, no, no. Of course, at the end of the day, a business is there to make money, mm -hmm. right? If, yes, that's what right, I'm trying to say. Yeah, that, exactly. At the end of the day, that, that is the, the main goal, right? If you share it, that says to me that, you know what, yeah, you're, you're interested enough and you like what you see enough to want to show more people. But then aren't some people sharing it just because I'm your friend? I, I don't like that. I, I don't even oh, send my friends share stuff. My, share my stuff. Share oh, my stuff. Share I, I, stuff. I, don't, I don't send my friends Pick any of those things. I don't send any of my friends any of those. None of them. None of them. I don't send any of them those things. Any And none of them. I, I don't expect Crispin stop asking me of course okay. it helps of course okay. it helps right but you know people like friends and family right if me starting this business right me starting doing this is something I wanted to do mm. you were never there you know you as much as you know you might see this because you're close you might see the behind the scenes and what goes on this is something that I'm doing you know, if you, if you feel like, yeah, like you, you want to, you know, help me and you want to post this or whatever help you think you can do. I'm grateful for that. You know, mm. you don't have to buy what I what I have in store for me to know that you like what I do. It could be something as simple as yo. I think, you know, if you make this in this color or if you did this like this, you know, mm. that, that's one way of you. You know, you're, you're, you're helping. You've seen what I'm doing. So I don't necessarily believe that as friends or family that you need to post or shout it out. If you want to support it, you'll support it. Mm. The same thing with the Black Lives Matter thing. If people want to support it, they'll support it, regardless of what it is. If I like Chinese food, I like Chinese food. I'm yeah. not going to go there because, oh, that man, he's Chinese, yo. No. Yeah. Currently, they t they're slating Chinese people on the, on the news, so I'm going to go and support Chinese person. Don't make sense. It doesn't. You know you're, I mean? you're buying things out it's of because they're a victim. It, dis it, it doesn't feel genuine. I mean, I, I wouldn't want you to buy something from me because you know me. Because that's, that's what you don't, you're not saying, oh, oh, I know Jay. Oh, Jay's doing it. Oh, what's the cheapest thing I can get in the studios? Let me buy that. No, don't do It don't should do be it. a mm -hmm. fight for the best product. Yeah, exactly. If I buy something mm -hmm. from enemy studios just because you're black, but then there's XYZ Studios. Mm -hmm. Who's who also black. This, yeah. No, then but you, let's say they're white. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying from them because they, solely because they're white and you're black. That causes a divide. That causes a divide. 
right now it should be a fight exactly. between you two actually who can provide me the consumer yes, the best product ex- exactly based on us being businesses, businesses based on us being brands based on us doing clothes that is our competition that is what puts us in competition together but at the same time i can recognize yo this brand's doing this mm. and they might go yo that brand's doing this whether or not with ethnicity they are to me doesn't matter mm. we both make clothes we're both passionate about something we're both passionate about something similar Right now, if so, if you choose to buy from them, you like what they do. You've put your hard-earned money into them, into them. and that's fine, because th- I feel like people don't understand. At the end of the day, right? If someone buys something from you, they've taken money out of their pocket and put it into yours. Now, do you know how much that takes? It takes a lot for a small business <laughs> who doesn't have yeah no credibility. Exactly. And you're coming to me, me and paying me to do something. Exactly, right. So I take that very seriously. So if you then now buy what I have because you feel like, oh, you know, he's black, then you're not going to want to wear the product. You're not going to enjoy, you're not going to feel like, yeah, I like this. or Take you know pride mean? in the product, yes, not the exactly. fact that you supported a no, race no. and a cause or whatever. Nah, as much no. as it's nice. Because Enemy Studios is not a cause. It's not a cause. It's a brand. You much rather actually donate money to charity that are fighting racism. Yes, then like give me money because you feel bad for me. <laughs> and I then, and then, and then in the end, you know, you don't, you don't like the product. You oh, you know, I bought this thing, you know, because you know the Black Lives Matter thing, you know, support Black Lives. Then you know you've attached something that shouldn't even be attached to this into this. Now I can say that you know, as a black person, I have to work twice as hard to be on the same level as certain people within society. But that's just one aspect of who I am. It's partially true. Exactly. It's partially true yes. because you come from a different country yeah. to a di- new country and mm-hmm. you have to settle in. More than your race, it's just how it is. It's like a white person yeah. going to Zimbabwe and yeah. having to start up something. They'd still have to make arrangements and exactly. changements. Exactly. Then a Zimbabwean person in Zimbabwe starting something. Exactly. Right? It's like, I don't know, a, a Zimbabwean person sh- selling trainers in a stall mm. and a white person <laughs> going to Zimbabwe and selling trainers in a stall. It's exactly. two different things. There you go. I want to understand because you're mm. a clothing brand and mm-hmm. it's a big thing on clothing brands yeah. at, at the moment or in general. Mm. Uh, the new kind of trend, it seems, is get the biggest celebrity mm-hmm. to wear your clothing mm-hmm. and then that thing will blow. Uh, it's not is it important to have influencers uh, wear your clothes? Is it important to have celebrities wear your clothes? Is it really important? Because that seems like Boohoo just signed every rapper and every artist there is on, <laughs> on earth. Every footballer <laughs> on earth. Right. Um, and they've made this mm-hmm. trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, I, I don't think it, it's, Im- it's important if you want to look at the business perspective, if you want to look at, you know, like how things are, how I view fashion, how I view the state of fashion right now with, you know, with the example you gave with Boohoo, right? Uh, in mo- like, like, like you said, enemy studios right now, there's no credibility. There's no uh, reputation that could sustain the brand that could put it on its own two feet. It's just, yo, these are the clothes that we have. Do you like them? You know, if you if you do, you could purchase. Or oh, we also provide these services. The people who follow this brand up to this point are the people that have made it what it is. It's not me. It's them. Them showing their support. Them liking. Them buying they've built that foundation. Now, it'd be wrong of me to say, nah, these people don't matter. I need this guy. Because now I'm taken away from the people that have helped me get to that point. You know, if, if, but then this, mm, this, mm, this exactly. influencer can take you to the next level. You can, you can. So from the business, from the business side of it, right, you have to understand that people buy into stuff 
and people that they recognize you know because i don't i don't have the credibility as you know the brand there's not enough credibility for the brand but if someone with credibility was to wear it subconsciously you think okay if they're wearing it then they're confident enough about this brand to buy into what they've got because they've got a lot of money they could splash it out but they still invested into it or they've put money into it or they're wearing it the same way you have pages like uh what rappers wore you have pages that are dedicated to just rappers and their clothes and what they're wearing people follow those pages those pages have a large following because people when they see something they're familiar with and they see that on a person they are familiar with with credibility with status it makes them more it makes them go yo do you know i might want to check that out so from the business perspective, it's important to have influencers because you have, you know, brands like Boohoo, the Couture Club and stuff, you know, where, you know, they, these brands start, they have a good foundation of money. They get the celebrities, they get the public figures, they get some work stuff and boom, it blows instantly. It's like more than the sales, mm-hmm. the attention is what the mm-hmm. real money comes mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Having attention, having eyes on your mm-hmm. brand. Exactly. If you don't have eyes, eyes, you don't have customers. You might as well do. And at the end of the day, right now, fashion is an oversaturated market. Extremely. It's very, it's oversaturated. Like, you could find, right, you could scroll on Instagram and find 10 brands that do this, that do tracksuits and they're all within the same niche, right? You had brands like, uh, you know, say Trapstar, Hoodridge, they all started this uh, niche of brands that would affiliate themselves with something hood-related or street-related. And, and, and that market slowly became oversaturated because those people saw the success of those two brands, two, three, few, and they're like, yo, maybe this could work for me as well. But the only way that could work is if you have someone of status within that same niche and be like, yo, I could take this seriously. The same way for me. I wouldn't uh, like try to market this to someone who doesn't wear denim, you know, just because just because you're famous. If you wouldn't like wearing this product, then your audience will see that you don't like wearing this product. So I try to keep it as authentic as possible, even when I do market to two people of a higher following. I mean, half high. the time, mm-hmm. these influencers, you just pay them to wear your thing. Yeah. They don't actually approach mm-hmm. you saying mm-hmm. it'd be a totally different thing if an influencer DM'd you and saying, yo, I really like your thing, mm-hmm. you know. Let me grab one. And you'd happily maybe give him yeah, one of two yeah, free things. Yeah. But it's like some guy did a, a trial, or, or like an experiment with mm-hmm. Molly May. Mm-hmm. And he made a totally fake makeup brand. Mm-hmm. He th- This makeup brand was never bought by anyone. Mm-hmm. And he, um, what's the word? He fooled her <laughs> into promoting it. He, mm-hmm. he paid or whatever, whatever uh-huh. needed to. It's on a YouTube yeah. video. And he, and he just... He gave her the product and she promoted it. Mm. She never knew where this product came from, mm. what, what, what. And, but it just seems like now, to me, mm. Boohoo just signed every person yeah. on earth. Yeah. Just gave everybody a check. But then it brings so much attention, attention to them. To yeah. So much so attention much. Exactly. to them. On Love Island fans mm. who don't watch football uh, have eyes on Boohoo. Mm-hmm. Football fans who don't watch Love Island They've have eyes on fo- yeah. Boohoo. But it takes away the kind of authenticity of the brand mm-hmm. the real reason why you actually need yes. the brand Boohoo yeah. is now mm-hmm. I've always had this thing with Boohoo <laughs> always I have a North Face jacket uh-huh. I absolutely adore North Face and I and I really enjoy wearing North Face mm-hmm. and uh, I saw the exact same style for mm-hmm. 46 36 pound on Boohoo's website yeah, yeah, yeah. and I went on a rant on my Instagram <laughs> I said this <laughs> 
North Face. Mm. I added North Face. I added Boohoo. I said, fight, <laughs> do something because <laughs> this is unfair. <laughs> do you know how much money I have spent on this North Face jacket? Yeah, yeah it's quite, it's quite. Costly. Why didn't I just buy it from Boohoo and then just take it to a stitching shop and then stitch it, Boom. North Face on mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like these Boohoo people and all, they're just making these things. Okay, the odd products and mm-hmm. stuff are, are nice and nice to look mm-hmm. at, but it's just like cheap. It's cheap clothing, yeah. in essence. Yeah. Girls can buy a dress for four quid. Yeah. Four pounds. Yeah. Four pounds. Yes. Yeah. That's, cr- that's, that's crazy. crazy. From the production line, mm-hmm. you know exactly yeah. from the production line to the shipping, mm-hmm. logistics, mm-hmm. designing, mm-hmm. to your door. Mm-hmm. For four pounds. For four pounds. Yes. How the hell are they doing it? And then there's someone like you mm. who's totally on the other side, mm. who's tr- doing making handmade mm-hmm. boutique, yeah. unique, one of one products. Yeah. How on earth do you compete with someone like that? You don't because there's a niche. That's what, that's what I've come to understand about fashion. There's a niche for everything, right? There's a niche for people who want to buy you know, stuff from Boohoo. It's not bad. If no. you don't buy from there, no. there's a niche for you for that. There's a niche for people who want to buy MDV, which is a bit on like oh, a higher yeah, end I love that and, and, and stable, right? And the, and the, the guy that made that was a footballer once yes. and now he's doing this, isn't it? Reese. Exactly. There's a niche for that. Then you also have a niche for people who buy into Selfridges. Yes. This, this, you know, you could buy a t-shirt from Primark, buy a t-shirt from Boohoo, buy a, buy a plain t-shirt as well from LV. You've bought three t-shirts. They're all black. But the experience you get from all those all those brands are different. You buy a t-shirt from Boohoo for four pounds. Hey, cool, I've got a t-shirt coming. Wow, say say no more. You buy a t-shirt from from MDV. Oh yeah, but I, yo, I, I like this. Wow, wow, right? There's more to say about it. You, you buy a t-shirt from LV. Yo, there's a niche for each person. Now, for someone who you know, if someone's buying from Boohoo, whatever, and Boohoo being the company that it is, I understand what they have to go through for them to be able to deliver those products I understand how they do things and it's only because of me being into fa- getting into fashion understanding the business I understand what they do and I like what they do from a business perspective they're making dough but for what I do the niche that I provide is different it's different it's, diff- it's completely different so that's why you yeah. said if Boohoo came to you no no because if you buy from Boohoo one the things that I would design the prices would tank because they'd sell them. They want it in mass. Exactly. So I, so the, something I would design that I feel like, you know, I poured my heart and soul into would be, and, you know, obviously, if you, want, if you make something of high quality, which is what I do, which I want to do, I want to be able to provide quality in everything that I do. If, you, if, if someone bought something from, from that website or whatever, a design that I made, it's the design that I made, but the quality isn't there. And the experience is no longer there. That's taken away. You know, another thing, you also, when you buy mm. a, a certain brand, mm-hmm. it's like you're part of the family. Yeah. When you buy into me, mm-hmm. like Nike, anybody from Nike, yeah. if you ever watch this, please, I'm ready, man. <laughs> I'm ready to dedicate my <laughs> life to you guys. Do you know how, how much I will fight Adidas? Same. Because Same. I am I'm, I'm, obsessed I'm, with yes, Nike. I, I'm just like you. Like I do, I don't understand anything except there's two products in my life that control mm-hmm. me, Nike and Apple. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know how their products have but you know they, yeah, gone into me, and I feel go. like I'm mm-hmm. part of the family. But I can't betray you, mm-hmm. my family. But there you go. It goes back to when people want to support something, they support it. Hundred percent. Exactly. You don't. You don't have to say support me. Support me. You don't yeah. have to. 
like right now, I, 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 if anyone wears Adidas around me, like, <laughs> like what? Exactly. <laughs> what angers me the most? See, see someone wear Adidas and Nike together. Oh. That, that, uh, that, for me, Yo, that's a disrespect. Exactly. You don't do that. <laughs> Do you get it? But that's because, you know, we like what this brand does. We like what they offer. Yeah. We like what they do. We support them naturally. You know, and we, and we, we go after them the same way. For, for me, uh, what, what I do for my clients is, you know, like, pro, like customer service is something that I value a lot. It's so important. It's so important. Let me tell you something before mm. you move on to it about customer service. Mm. I bought a pair of jeans, mm. uh, Armani jeans from Very. Mm. Uh, they're three digits, mm. right, to mm. buy them. Yeah. And normally jeans are what, 20 quid, 30 quid. So, but I invested in one mm. pair of jeans and they were amazing. Mm. Like, honestly, hand on heart, I have never had a pair of jeans mm. that comfortable and that nice mm. and that nice looking all in one. Mm. But it's been like a year. Mm. I checked when I bought it. It's been like a year. And the, is it called the seam or something? Yeah, yeah. It's been coming off. Yeah. But possibly because I've uh, used it mm. in a rough yeah. way. I emailed Armani. Mm. And I said, I bought a pair of jeans from Very Da Da Da, and mm. this has happened. What could you do? Just out of curiosity, mm. what could you do? They emailed me back so nice. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't buy it from them, I technically bought it from Very, yeah. but it's their product. They yeah. said, listen, if it's a defect, all you have to do is go to a, is it um seam person who yeah. deals with this clothing stitching, yeah. mm-hmm. one of them professional, get a letter, mm. take a picture, email us, and we'll get it sorted. Yeah. I was like, what? Exactly. I mean, it seems like a long mm. process to do, but they've given me, yeah. they've put the ball in my court mm-hmm. that I could do that. Mm-hmm. They've not fought me on it. They've not said, you bought it a year ago, da da da. None of that. No. They don't even know how much I paid, who no. are, no. they don't care. They just said, just, just exactly. get these done and then send us the mm-hmm. pictures and literally we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. Exactly. It's really important. Now, which goes back to niche, right? the niche that I do with, with what I do. So I always, you know, I make sure that m- the customer service I provide is always top tier. So every, with all my products, I wrap them around, put, put a thank you card in there, handwrite it, sign it, put their name there. This is for this person, you know, and then at the same time, give you ways to, to care for your piece, you know, how to make it last longer, long term. If you ever have any defects or problems, just message the page, boom, we'll get back to you, boom. You don't have to pay for anything. Just send it to us, we'll repair for you, take it back. Recently, what, what I've been doing personally is I've messaged like some of my old clients and said, yo, like, bring, bring that back, back, bring that me. back. Like, I need to sort that out for you. Like, yeah. And they've not said anything. I just said like, yo, I feel like with the quality of my work has increased, I feel like, I owe it to the people who supported me when, you know, my quality wasn't necessarily the best. And I feel like I owe it to them to just like, yo, bring it back. Let me revamp this for you and make it 10 times better. Because I understand that they've taken money out of their pocket, you know, to buy into what I am doing. So I, I feel like I owe it to them, you know, to give them the best customer service I possibly can. Now, if you, if, if you were to buy from, you know, like Boohoo, whatever, based on the conversation we talked about, you can buy something from there. And the only thing you can do is just return it. Mm. that's all you can do. Just return it. You, you find a defect, okay, return it. They give you a voucher. Exactly, give you a voucher. And you have to pay for your own shipping as well. <laughs> yeah. right, you pay for the shipping to come, you have to pay for the shipping to go back as well. Right. So regardless of whatever it is you've bought, you know that, okay, cool, like if anything goes wrong here, that's that. It's, it's done. Mm. Just move on to the next one. The Boohoo t-shirts, £4, £5, if that's that, that's it. That's it, that's it. I mean, you buy it, it wears out, whatever, cool, that's that. You, you don't complain because right from the jump when you bought it that experience for you wasn't ecstatic it wasn't 
more it, it, there was nothing more to it it's just okay and the i got ethics t-shirt behind the companies mm-hmm. boohoo and all this yeah. i've heard a few things mm-hmm. and i personally did their factories and in my country and i've heard a few things xyz and the ethics mm-hmm. is not you know 100 percent in some of these companies now with that being said i don't know if nike have the same thing i probably should mm-hmm. do more research but i mean what you see on the news is not good news yeah. is yeah, it really yeah no 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 it's not do you mean so yeah so we're back to ethics now I would I would feel good knowing that like something I am designing, whatever the case is, is you know being made by someone somewhere, and they're not necessarily getting the best treatment, pay, whatever the case is, and then when the product comes to this person, they know it's temporary, hmm. because sometimes if you, if you buy a product from you know like a place like not to put them down anything, because they they're still making bare money, they're making dough. They're doing you, something right. Exactly. You know that, you know, if you buy something from there, you don't expect it to last you long. Mm. That's why you don't get disappointed when something goes wrong. That's with the very, garment. very true. Do you get it? Whereas if you bought something, like you said, from Armani, just you trying to see what kind of customer service they give you, they've now put you in a situation where you said, listen, we'll take care of you. You know, you've put money into us. Let's take care of you. They understand that. The same way I feel like I understand the fact that someone has put money into it. Whether you've put in £25, pounds, £30, pounds, you've put money into what I'm doing. You could have bought food with that. You, you could have bought groceries with that money. But you said, nah, I like this. Sometimes, you know, people, yeah. they, they, they save specifically exactly. to buy a piece of clothing, yeah. you know? It's, exactly. It's deep when you really deep mm-hmm. it. It's, exactly. It's not now, just a simple Now, I thing. would be doing you a disservice if you did that and then you, something went wrong accidentally and I just said, yo, that's not me, bro. Like, just, yeah, you did that anyway. Do you know what I mean that would yeah. be a disservice, or just say like, yeah, there's nothing you can do. Like, or hustling, basically, exactly. Point blank period, no. hustling, saying buy another one, or this is how much mm. it's gonna cost now to nah. do this and that. No, because do you think you'll always be like this? Do I think I'll always be like this? I'll try, I'll try my best to. Because you know, money changes people. Money hasn't changed. Fame, me. fame changes people. That's that, That's why I don't chase fame. I I, I feel like I, I as much as you know, I I want to be known for for what I do. I don't want to be quote-unquote famous in that in that regard i feel like fame something i wouldn't say, i wouldn't say i've experienced fame i've experienced being popular i've experienced being that popular kid in high school i know what that's like i know what you know getting attention from girls and you know having other guys look 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 at you like yo whatever i know what that's like and i know just how shallow that can make a person be because that boosts your ego your, your ego is being fed and you start to feel like you're on top of the world and then it's only when I actually started getting into the real world where I realized that doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't, you know, I have a family that, that, you know, that really loves me. I have friends who support me, who, who, you know, who are with me all the time, you know, through the bad and good times. I have, you know, a, cl- a client base of people, you know, who are into what I do. Mm. Right now, with, like, as I grow, th- what I see is these people, however many they are, Support me. Like, when, when I had one, what, 100 and 200 followers right at the start, I'm looking at 200, like, that's 200 people, right? That's, that's not a small figure. That is 200 people. Mm. If I stood outside and looked at 200 people, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I like the way you think. People, you know some I mean? people would just say, oh, that's 200 followers. No, that? that's people. That's 200 people oh. who are tuning in to what I'm doing. Now, at, now right now, I have what, 1,000 plus people. That's a lot of people. If you line them exactly. up, that's a lot, that's a of, people. lot of people. Now, I should not then diminish what they bring to the table. What they because if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for them supporting, if it wasn't for the first fifty hundred people who followed, then maybe the rest wouldn't have done that. So in that regard, as much as I would want to be known for what I do, I'll never 
take I'll never take that for granted that these people are the reason where I am where I am because that's what it is because if it wasn't for them if it wasn't for the first couple people buying then maybe the rest one if it wasn't for you, for someone buying showing their friends their friends saying that's sick and then being then being referred if that didn't happen then so you were saying about fame that you'd never let fame I mean I don't I don't think I don't think that could happen because for me right being the popular kid in high school as much as I enjoyed it I learned nothing from it mm. it didn't do me any good I was just popular for pretty much like the I won't say the wrong reasons but I was just popular I was one of the popular kids and then once I left high school that didn't matter mm. that didn't do anything for me because mm. I had to then get into the real world I had to go to college right and then I like when I when I sat down in college being the new kid I went from being the popular kid mm. to being the new kid that no one knows nothing about so experiencing that you know being being the kid that everyone talks about to being the kid no one talks about mm. I I learned quite a lot of things through that like yo sometimes you don't have to be the loudest person in the room to get people's attention you don't yeah. have to be True. you know what I mean you don't need to be True. the loudest person for to have an engaging conversation with someone you don't need to be all you know majestic whatever so because i've experienced being you know liked by a lot of people in a large place right now in the age of social media that's just clout i don't want clout i want i want recognition for what i do I, I don't want that. I, 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 I see those are two different things because I could give an example of, say, um, uh, a designer I respect a lot, like Raph Simmons and Rick Owens. Those two have cemented themselves in, in the world of high fashion as great designers. And I like the work that they do. And they're very popular. They're very pop. They're very well known. They're famous people. But that, that's never taken away from their work. What they do they still remain the same. So I feel like, you know, if, if I was to get to that level, I, I wouldn't allow or fame or whatever clout, if you want to call it that, change me. Mm. I, don't, I don't want that to you because at the end of the day, I wouldn't be famous. I wouldn't have clout if not the people supporting mm. because the people are the people that make who you who you are. I mean, it's, it's like you don't, not I, not that I think uh, people, but like you don't buy something from Virgil, you buy something from LV. So I don't like same with mm. you. You don't want people to buy something from Jay. You no. want people to buy but something from Enemy Studios because that's what you're buying. That's into. what you're buying into. You, you, you're not buying in, into me. Same as MDV. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. You, you might know who the person does that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what he does, I like what he does. I didn't even Take. know the person when I found the brand. <laughs> I didn't know the person. I just thought. Yeah, exactly. You know what I thought mm-hmm. when I thought of MDV? This mm-hmm. is my thing. I thought their products are not on AliExpress. Gucci is on AliExpress. You can yeah. find fake Gucci mm-hmm. stuff. You can find mm-hmm. fake um, LV stuff. You mm-hmm. can find fake almost mm-hmm. anything on, on these Chinese websites, mm-hmm. uh, AliExpress, Alibaba and stuff. Mm-hmm. But his stuff is like unique. Yes. Like you can't find this. No, no. And like, I bought a couple of things and I was like, you know what? It's actually a good product. It's really, it's really good. Yeah. Like I've... I've but MDV's products are, are really nice in the sense that, like, again, see, I feel like because of being a designer, understanding a lot of the processes a lot of these design companies go through, you can understand, like, with uh, Reese, isn't it? Reese, the, the approach he took, 
it is his brand, but a lot of people didn't know up until, you know, a lot of people, until he announced that, you know, he made XYZ amount of money from it. Yes. At the time, that's when Until like, he came oh. out on exactly. podcast and stuff. Exactly. Nobody knew him. Exactly. That's kind of the same approach I want to take. Not, not to say that I don't want people to know that I do this, but I don't want me being the face of it to be what buys you into the brand. I want the clothes to be, speak for themselves. The same way the clothes that you saw in MTV, the clothes spoke for themselves. You didn't need to see who's behind it. You liked what you saw and you bought into it and you bought it. This, this, so the same thing I want to apply to my brand. I want you to see these clothes. I want, if, if you choose to communicate, you, you're talking to enemy studios, you, you don't know who's behind the screen. But you, the person who you're talking to is, is trying to give you service, is trying to offer you an experience. Do you think it's mm. important to have good looking models for your clothes? No. No, I don't think it is. That's just bias. It's just like a biased perspective. You don't need to because it's it's a narrative that's pushed. And I and I don't think that narrative is correct because that doesn't apply to the day-to-day person. I am a day-to-day person. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I see myself as a day-to-day person. Because as mm. soon as you say model, it's like, oh, you're model. Mm. No, like a model could be anyone. I mean, like... So... Mm. Can I be a model for Enemy Studios? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Crispin. <laughs> this is why I made this happen. <laughs> I want I want my dreams of being a model <laughs> to be accomplished. And this would be the perfect. I don't want mm. any gums. <laughs> yeah, don't give me headaches. I just want to feel like I'm in front of the camera. You know, I'm stunning. Mm. <laughs> and that's good. You know what I mean? That, that's good. You don't. Because I, mm, I like the brand. Mm-hmm. I follow the brand for a while yeah. and I like it. Thank you. I Like I said, I, I don't promote things that I don't believe in or, or, or just for the sake mm. of it. I like what mm. you do. Thank you. I, I think there's a definitely mm. a market for what you do. Thank you. Because it's unique mm-hmm. to, to you. Yes. It's, it's unique to the individual, individual buying. Yes. You're making a relationship yes. instantly. Yes. What you wearing? What's that? Studios. You can't get you that. You can't get man. this exactly. You can't get it on Do you know what I mean? Just that. Just that you alone. Just that it. alone. So, and then your friend goes mm. and gets a piece, and then you're now like, rah, that Jay made that one a bit better. <laughs> let me go. Let me go get another one. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So, so so, next time when you mm. have a video shoot for the next line. Mm-hmm. Can I come uh, down and uh, model some of your stuff? I I need to get your sizes. Damn, I'm in, baby. <laughs> I'm in because, because the think of it, right? Like, who are the people wearing your stuff? Like, who are the people? Like, I, this is a question you, you ask. Like, I I look at like like sometimes I'll take a look at like the followers and stuff. Like, I'll take a look at the person, what they like. Mm. I look at their profile. You know, oh, like oh, wow, like you know, you were drawn to this page. Like, you know, sometimes it's the unorthodox people, the people you don't expect mm. to like it, and you know, you see it's like oh, you like this. And that's what I mean. You don't necessarily need to have good-looking models. It helps sometimes, or it, you know, it creates a look, a certain look, if you want to create that look. But you don't necessarily need. I mean, half mm. the time you don't look at the face. No, you just look at the person wearing exactly. it. Exactly. I don't. Mm. I do not look nothing mm. like the Boohoo models. Exactly. Or nothing like the Armani exactly. models. Exactly. But you. But yeah. You, you but like, why you like do the you product. think brands use actors and stuff? Why is it such a thing where brands use athletes, actors? It's Why like, don't they just it's, use it's like Gucci? So, like if they brought a perfume, mm. they'll use an actress. But yeah. then a lot of the times they'll use models and stuff. Yeah. But why is it important? It's the it's the psychology behind it. Ah. It's a, there's, there's a lot of psychology that yeah. goes into really? all like marketing. is very much based on psychology. It's based right. on human psychology. 
So even things like colors, right? Like the colors that McDonald's uses, yeah. they're not by mistake. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, use yeah, red yeah. and yellow because red is one. Red and yellow are, are colors yeah. that you know you look at, even if you're not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The psychology okay. behind it. There's, there's a psychology why Google use the colors that they use. Right. There's you could sit down, look at this. It's an actual niche. There's you you could study this stuff. Same thing with the. That's exactly. why they use those people. Exactly. So with with model with uh, companies like that, the reason they use models is because they might have you know a certain look. They might have a certain aesthetic that they mm. want to make, and they understand that you know, say if you if you wanted to make a beauty product, right? A beauty product. You want to see some beautiful whatever the standard of beauty is hmm. but with what rihanna did she flipped it upside down upside down be, and, and she made it more relatable hmm. to the everyday person and for me it, i think that essence of re- relatability made it pop ah. more the psychology behind it that yo i can relate to this i like this the yeah psychology, this person's pretty oh this person's pretty i might want to buy into this because they're pretty yeah, There's a yeah, lot of yeah psychology, yeah, psychology yeah, yeah. behind this and a lot of brands use this to, to advantage right and that's what it is but obviously as a consumer hmm. you don't really understand i just see um, exactly <laughs> what's his name roger federer uh, on uh, lacoste mm-hmm. i just see an actor on uh, lacoste yeah. i don't understand why i don't get it i just see but famous it, people but, but it always but it made me think yeah. as a child why can't i be one I, I, mm. it made me think i could never reach that that level mm. because i'm not an actor i'm not an athlete but that's the psychology behind it be- be- because because in a, in a sense right that inferiority complex in with certain people makes them want to buy it more mm. like kylie jenner like she made lipstick and whatever she did people didn't buy it because of the lipstick no chance that's what she uses no chance exactly it's the psychology behind it no chance sometimes the psychology behind it is sometimes what sells the product if you see an actor and athlete that you support like with boohoo and what they've got actors they've got athletes uh, rappers musicians whatever it is they understand the psychology behind like okay these people support this person Mm -hmm. and what they do so I'm gonna do the same. The same way like when rappers you know have like an album coming out they release merchandise and stuff yeah right you're not buying the merch because it's, it's merch. Good, yeah. You like this artist and what they do and you're willing to support them. So you buy their you stuff, buy you it. buy their albums. It's the psychology behind it. Now, it depends on the company and what kind of methods they want to use in order to market their product. But the foundation is always psychological hmm. in sense. And, and that's where it comes from. Now, for me, what I want to do... Like, as much as I do understand all those things and all those tactics, I want it to feel authentic. Mm. If I'm going to approach or be approached by, you know, an influencer, public figure, whatever the case is, I want it to feel authentic. I want it to feel like, okay, cool, like, would this person wear my stuff? Or if they do, I'll think, okay, which one of my products would you enjoy wearing more? Got you. Or which ones would be more suitable to you, Got you. to make it feel authentic right. as possible? So I, I could give you, I could give you jeans, t-shirts, whatever, whatever, but, if that's not going to be something that will suit you or look good on you or something that you would enjoy wearing, because sometimes, you know, you, you can tell sometimes when someone wears something and they're just wearing it to wear it. Mm. You know, some people, you could see someone in a suit and be like, he's just wearing a suit. You could see someone in a suit and be like, yo, that suit looks good on him. Mm. Two different things. Two different, totally two different things. Exactly. So that's the approach that I want to take. Like, yeah, if, you know, you, if someone is a public figure or someone's famous and they want to wear this, it should feel authentic. It should feel like, yeah, this person really likes this. This is person something that they would really like for them. Same way if I'm, say, going to make a uh, one-of-one for someone, right? 
the whole process of it, like, you know, we'll talk through it. What color do you want it? Do you want, like, a main? Which one it as a set? What kind of uh, color combination would you want? Palettes, size, whatever. And then I speak to them and say, like, but could you offer me the creative freedom and control to make you something that would, I feel like would be suitable specifically for you? That authenticity will override everything else because it's made with that specific person in mind. Mm. Now, even with the marketing or, you know, the promotion of the brand, as much you could see this on this individual, you could see it on this individual, it's always centered around individuality. So you could be someone tall that's that's modeling today, it could be someone short, worth what me and Chris are doing, we we change models. We don't we don't try to get the same body type, we change, you know, get someone like this, get someone like this, because at the end of the day, clothes don't fit everyone the same. Clothes fit people differently. That's why I'm saying. Nike, sign me. I'm waiting. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I keep saying. But, I'm not. I'm not mm, an athlete, mm. but it makes me feel like I am an athlete <laughs> when I wear the clothes. But mm. you heard that, Crispin. Mm. Next photo shoot, I'm there. Mm. Yeah, no more dodging my questions. <laughs> but listen, mm. Jay, you mm. have absolutely been amazing because you've you. dropped us some mad 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 insights on oh. how actually a designer thinks and uh, you're definitely not one of those who are very safe with their words and nah, blah, nah, blah. Nah. you just like how you feel how you say things so yeah but for coming at the end of the day like, i don't mean um, to offend anyone anyway you mean no, no, sometimes no, but you have to be yeah. able to express yourself yeah. you know at the same time um i'll put all the links mm. and everything of your page and i just want to say this check enemy studios out First, see if you like see what they you like do. It. I'm not saying go and buy them, <laughs> go and do, 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 go and do whatever, because no, you don't have to. But just go and check mm. out their stuff, mm. see what, if you like it uh, or not. And um, and if you don't, we can just make you one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, mm. again, don't just support him because he's a small business, because he's this or that. Um, go and check it out. Check out the brand and see see what you like. Other than that. This is episode three wrapped up. If you like this, you know what to do. If you don't like this, you know what to do. If you want to subscribe, you know what to do. If you don't want to subscribe, I don't know what you're going to do. Peace. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>